you have a Bible, I want you to grab it. Turn with us to Romans chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible with you, there should be a black one there in front of you in the pew. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love to give that to you. Uh, if you're new to the Bible, we're so glad you're with us here in the room. All of us were new to the Bible at one point. Uh, Romans is like way towards the back. And so you turn into the New Testament, which is after the Old Testament, and you can find the book of Romans, the first letter in our New Testament that was from Paul. Kids, are y'all enjoying a five-day weekend? Yeah, those that are here and not like somewhere else? Hey, yeah, no, you're not? You want to go to school? Okay, yeah. Hey, I, I want to celebrate a few things from the kids. I found out this last week that y'all know kids this, this summer, y'all were part of through Hope Center doing the baby bottle campaign, putting change and cash that you had in baby bottles to help support those that are choosing life at Hope Women's Center. Found out y'all gave $10,000 towards Hope Women's Center, which is a big deal. So cool. Students, kids, thank y'all for pouring into that. Our after-school program at Finch has grown, and we saw this last week, over 40 that were part of our after-school program. We're telling people about Jesus with that school that we're connected to. Students, if you're in middle school and high school, y'all know that the best weekend of the year is about to happen. D-Now Rally is this Wednesday. And so parents, if you don't know about that, uh, it's coming. If you want to help make that happen, we will give you a kiss for doing it. Uh, holy kiss. You can go out the door to our connection afterwards. God's working in the lives of our kids. Thank you all for what you're doing, students. Students, you probably have noticed that our culture right now is real big on saying, do not judge me. Y'all notice that? Uh, some have said, uh, in fact, Vody Bauckham, I recently heard him say this, that Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, don't judge, has become our culture's new John 3, 16. It's like our culture knows about the teachings of Jesus somewhat peripherally, made that word really long, but not the full teaching of Jesus. We, we want the kingdom without the king. And so we, we, we're in a world right now, students, where you'll have friends tell you often, and you really see this often, where people say, don't judge me, right? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. And so what we taught last week, the first part of Romans chapter 14, actually our culture embraces and wants they don't understand, actually, the level that we get through Jesus. So if you were with us last week, Paul is talking about controversial issues in the church. When I say controversial, not things the Bible's really clear on, not gospel issues, but apparently the Jews and the Gentiles were arguing about diet and days. Some believe that you should not eat any meat that was sacrificed to idols. In fact, they went past what the Bible had said about the, the shellfish and some of the other things, and they went all the way into, hey, no need any meat at all, just in case maybe it was sacrificed to idols. And we'll see also in verse 21, they included wine in that. So let's not drink any other wine, too, because maybe the wine was part of that. And they had these holy days that the Old Testament talked about. Jerusalem Council had happened several like 20 years prior and had already said, hey, you don't have to do this, but some were saying, no, we think you need to do this. 
So what we saw beginning of chapter 14 is Paul said, hey, on these controversial issues, he says, don't look down on other Christians. Uh, another word, it showed up three different times, don't judge other Christians. Don't despise, literally to see them as less than you. Don't look down on them. Our, our world right now, yes, don't judge us. And this is look up to Christ. Live in line with your convictions, following Jesus, to honor Jesus, everything you do for the glory of God. That's what he says. So y'all know as we walk through Romans, we've been doing this podcast where we invite you to ask questions. There were a whole lot of questions last week. We didn't get to touch on all of them in our podcast. But one of the questions asked this. How are we supposed to react when we are the one being judged or looked down on? Right? Our world would say, don't judge me. If, if we are the one who's being looked down on, if there's these matters of personal conviction, how are we supposed to respond? It's a great question. If you want to ask one of those questions, you can text question. But Paul would say, why don't I answer it for you? And let me tell you, students, and not just students, all of us, what he's going to teach in the second half of Romans chapter 14 is not, it's not, don't judge me. It's, it's actually really hard. It's, it's difficult teaching. But if we can get it, it's going to be so much better than don't judge me. So if you, if you have a Bible, in order to honor God's word, I invite you to stand with me. We're going to pick up, starting read in verse 13. If, we, if you're new today, we love that you're here. The reason we stand when we read the passage as we're going to the sermon is just to show the difference between my words and God's word. What we're about to read now is God's words. This is inspired. I'm just a person. Some of the things I say may not be perfect. This is perfect. We believe that. Verse 13, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another, Woo don't judge me, any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have kept between yourself and God, blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, 
because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. All right, let's pray. I want to invite you, if you're able, to your knees. If you're not, you can sit down there in the pew. Oh, Heavenly Father, God, we come before you right now and we admit that we are sinners in worship this morning. Uh, I'm sure others here in the room have felt what I felt and just the, the reminder of how unworthy I am and we are to approach you. But the incredible gift of Christ, the, the word that was on the screen earlier from this book, that what Paul's already taught in the book of Romans, that, that we've all sinned, but, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. I'm gonna invite you right now as you're, you're praying to confess to God any sin in your life. Just be open with him about what you've done wrong and receive the grace and forgiveness through Jesus. Maybe there's something in your life right now where you're feeling judged and you're wanting to respond to a friend or a family member with, don't judge me. I want you to, to ask God to help you know what is it you're supposed to do when you're feeling judged? What do you need to do? Pray that my God would help, that the Holy Spirit would guide my words. God, I pray that this time would truly be spirit-led, that you would use it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we walk through this passage, here's what I want to do. I want to show you what Paul says for those of you who are feeling judged, what you need to do. Second thing, I want to talk about how. How do we practically apply it to our life? How? And then finally, why? Why would we do something as radical as what this passage is going to call us to? Okay, so what, what is he calling us to do? How do we do it? Why would we even do this in the first place? What? Verse 13. Therefore, you always ask what's the therefore. Therefore, if you were not here last week, you can listen online. Therefore, well, guess what? He's going to tell us what he just said in summary. Let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. Woo! All right, let's just live by that the rest of our life. Here we go. Again, what 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 we want is only what can truly be found through Christ in that statement. But rather, now here we go, he's going to give us some more. What if you're feeling judged? Rather, rather, he says, decide in Cemetery Seminary, they taught us to look for the imperative commands in a passage. So anytime there's an imperative, I, I try to sit on it and think about, the imperative means this is where the Bible's saying, here's something you need to do, okay? Imperative command of one of a few that is in this whole passage we're going to read, only one in this verse, is to decide. 
It's going to tell us that cognitively we're supposed to think through something and get to the point of a conclusion where we will resolve. You all with me? We're going to resolve to do something. Another way of saying it is we're going to determine, we're going to make a conclusion through a cognitive process to determine to do something. Uh, if you have the NIV, what does it use there for the word decide? Anybody? Make up your mind. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Make up your mind. It tells us. He wants us to make up our mind to live some way. If we're feeling judged, look what he says. He says, decide never to put a, what? Stumbling block. I almost on purpose tripped coming up on stage today just for the fun for all of y'all. But then I thought it would probably distract from all that was going on. Stumbling block is going to show up, verse 20, stumble, verse 21, stumble, shows up other places in scripture, we'll look at a few of them later in our time. In the Bible, when you fall, it's falling into sin. And what this passage is going to say is that you and I can do something that may prompt someone we're with, to fall into sin. And, and Paul is going to want us in the room today to make up our minds. If you want to take notes, here's the bottom line that I'm going to bring up multiple times today. Make up your mind not to trip up your friend. He's going to say, I want you to make up your mind to decide today this relationship I'm in where someone's judging me for my action, what I'm doing, looking down, they disagree with something I'm doing. I want to make up my mind not to trip up my friend. Not to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Verse 14. Paul says, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. Again, he goes back to what he talked about last week. You need to be convinced in your own mind. If it's against your conscience, it's not okay. But Paul says, the person who thinks it's against their conscience, they're wrong. He basically makes that point over, but he's, he says, I'm convinced this is not okay. This is fine. The eating food sacrifice idols, the, the diet, the days, I'm convinced we don't need to abide by that anymore. But for those that are convinced it's wrong, for them it would be wrong. It would be against their conscience. Verse 15, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in, what's the word? Love. Wow, what, what this passage is going to call us to is really hard. It's going to say, you and I need to stop doing what we want to do, and maybe might even be free to do, out of love for our brother, out of love for our sister. Watch, keep going. 
By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Extremely strong words there, destroy. He'll bring up again later in the passage, so we'll talk about it the second time. Don't destroy. Verse 16, so do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. In the kingdom of God, there is a menu but the menu is not about cuisine. It's about, look what he says, the kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That This kingdom with the king has something that's more important than diet and days. It, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. Verse 19, so then, let us pursue, let us chase after what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Okay, there's conflict in the church, there's tension going on. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to pursue what's going to build up, not trip your brother. I want you to do what's going to build up and pursue peace with your life. Y'all know the name Alfred Nobel? Yes? Yeah, what, what, what did Alfred Nobel invent? Well, some of you are saying under your breath a little bit. What, is it, what did Nobel invent? Dynamite. Yes. Nobel invented dynamite. But after Nobel invented he he invented it to help people. Let's, uh, this will help us make roads and tunnels and all kind of cool stuff. And it will tear down buildings that are, we need to get rid of and so that it's easier and cheaper to do that. And we can, I mean, it's a, it's a, he did it to help people. But people started to use this explosive, powerful thing to hurt people. They started using dynamite and war to destroy and to tear down. And it grieved Nobel. And so he decided in order to pursue peace, he was going to put aside $9 million to award people in the world that would pursue peace and not destruction. And it became the Nobel what? Nobel Peace Prize. That's right. Okay, Paul recognizes that when conflict happens, when there's disagreements around controversial issues, it's like dynamite, right? It's, it can destroy. It can tear down. He realizes that. You can, you can hurt people significantly when there's this conflict going on. And he wants us, instead of doing what we want to do, he wants us to pursue peace through what we do. He wants us to make up our mind not to trip up our friend, not to light a stick and throw it in his life of dynamite. Y'all with me? Paul, if he didn't make the point clear enough already, he's going to keep going, telling us to do the same thing. Verse 20, do not for the sake of food, what's the word there? Destroy the work of God everything is indeed clean but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats it is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble the faith that you have kept between yourself and God blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment look down on himself for what he approves Verse 23, but whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats. 
because the eating is not from faith for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin what is Paul saying here he's pointing back to verse 5 we talked about last week you need you need to be fully convinced in your own mind you need to study what does this Bible say what does it really teach what would be right for me to do and not do when it comes to some of the controversial issues and if you're you've done that and, and you don't think it's right don't do it because that's not proceeding from your faith and if you did that it would be wrong is what Paul says just to try to clarify those last few few confusing verses Paul is saying that we need to make up our mind not to trip up our friend don't destroy your friend based on your action what what does this mean how does this even come out what is this what is he really what is this Tim Keller uh, tells a story about a friend that he grew up with now I'm gonna start here because I think it's less the issue maybe that y'all might be rubbing shoulders with right now so it's less personal and then we're gonna get more personal all right he had a friend that he grew up with who in high school had been taught all of her life to wear makeup as sin that was what she was taught some of you may have grown up in a church that taught that does the Bible actually say to wear makeup as sin was what she was taught and then she had some friends that came alongside of her who were Christian friends that said you're wrong that's wrong it's I know you think that it's wrong to do that but you need to do that because you're thinking wrong and so we're gonna invite you to over a house and we're gonna we're gonna put on makeup in front of you and then we are gonna put makeup on you even though you think it's wrong and then and then and here's he tells a story this girl, she went through her, her, her teenage years, started to wear makeup, but not around the house. And so when she would leave the house, she would put on makeup on the way to school because she didn't want to offend mom and dad. And come up. But then she felt guilty about it because she had been taught different. And he said it ended up, in his own words, Tim Keller's words, she had stumbled because her Christian friends had mocked her principles, misguided as they were. As a result... She soon found herself much more open to real violations of God's will in the area of sexuality. And she started to do more and more things that were against her conscience. You see the danger that can come? When we lead, even if we don't think it's wrong, if someone else that we're around thinks it's wrong and we do it, it can lead our friend to fall. We don't want to do that, do we? We want to love the people around us enough to make up our mind not to trip up our friend. Well, okay, how does this actually play out? This is what Paul's teaching. How does it actually play out? I'm going to put something else on the screen here that's different passages that you can go to later and study, but I want to try to create a framework. Uh, you know the Bible is not primarily a list of do's and don'ts. You all know that? The Bible is primarily Jesus came and did what we couldn't. Praise God. But in response for people who know Jesus, this is really a teaching that people don't know Jesus can't do. People who know Jesus get to love and live and love like Jesus in response to what he's done empowered by the Spirit. Okay? So don't blank if. And you can fill in this blank with whatever it is that you're feeling that someone's judging you for. And I want you to walk through this list with me. What is someone judging you for? Maybe let's pick watching a PG-13 violent movie. Let's pick that. Maybe uh, 
First one here, law. Okay, if you're 12, PG-13. Don't do that, right? A temptation. Maybe for you in your life, you've got an anger problem. Or, or, or maybe you know and you've read articles about how violent movies can lead towards that. And so you're thinking, man, I think that would be not good for my kid to do. And maybe your parents have said, don't do it. Whatever. It could lead towards, so maybe that's not Maybe it's not violence, maybe it's a movie with just, it's a beach movie. And you know that for you, with your eyes, what you're going to look at is going to lead you to go to sin. And you're like, I probably shouldn't be watching that right now. Maybe someone else could watch, not, not temptation. Okay, let, let's, okay, can I, I'm about to, I'm going to pull alcohol in right now. Can I do that? If you're, if you're 18 and you're not with your parents, are you disobeying the law if you drink? Yes, don't, so that, don't even go there, right? The Bible calls us to obey the laws of the land. If, if when you drink, you in your past, or maybe you've had a parent, someone like, that's abused alcohol before, and you'd be tempted to go there, or maybe an addiction or a dependence, and like, don't drink. It's temptation. The Bible says flee from it. Run the other direction. Okay? conviction the bible's already talked about it in romans chapter 14 there are other places you need to study and get to the point where you understand and believe where you fall on this if you have a conviction against it don't go there fourth one here is maybe not as obvious but i add it when we talk about stuff like this because there are things that we do that are controversial because those things have hurt other people one of those things is alcohol i have a great friend a man who's mentored me a church that he teaches openly in front of the church that alcohol in moderation is fine. It's what the Bible teaches. That's okay to drink alcohol in moderation. He doesn't drink. And you know what his reason is? His reason is, he said, because when I do ministry, his words, 80% of the pain that I deal with either follows the abuse of alcohol, there's alcohol being abused during it, or after that pain happens, there's alcohol abuse later. And he's like, I just don't want to be associated with that kind of pain when someone sees me. Okay, so maybe though, as you go down that list, you're like, okay, I'm, I am of age. I'm not tempted to, I, I'm, I don't have a conviction against it. I've studied and I see alcohol moderation fine. And there's not pain in my life and in my family around this. So maybe, maybe it's fine for me to drink. Some people just run and they're like, Now what Paul adds in this passage is the fourth one, fifth one, excuse me. Here's the fifth one. Who are you around right now? Who are you around? And if there's someone that's looking down on you, is judging you for what you're doing, maybe it's because one of those four above applies to them. Who are you around right now? If you're in the company of someone who's not of age or is tempted to go farther, is convicted of it, or has pain in their life around it, why would you do that? You're going to trip up your friend. Does that make sense? Why would you do that? So some people, they look at a list like this and they think, well, okay, that means I'm only, I, my whole life, I should just watch G movies. Uh, I, I guess I shouldn't ever touch anything that would look any, you, you realize if we, if we took a list like this to the full extent, we would do nothing. Y'all realize that? We would do nothing. And so I want you to see that what this passage implies, but Paul actually teach, teaches directly in another parallel passage. 
will also flip this on its head and tell you that there's times when you should do those things that you're worried about that are controversial for the sake of your friend. So if you have your Bible, turn to the next book over. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 with me real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 is a little bit shorter than Romans chapter 14, but Paul makes very much the same argument. And in summary, at the end of Romans, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 13, last verse in chapter 8, look what he says. Therefore... If food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Okay, well, there we go. No, no uh, secular music, no, no dancing, no dating, no what, I mean, just to do nothing. If, if someone could probably have an issue. You, know, you understand where you could go with that. I want to invite you to read the full context of this later. Don't just take the verses I'm pulling out, but that's the summary of chapter 8. That's not all that Paul teaches. He goes on to chapter 9 to say what he's trying to teach you to do is to live for the other person you're around to come to faith in Christ. And that can go two different directions with your actions. Look what he says in verse 13 of chapter 9. For though I am free from all, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jew I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law. Y'all see, now he's gonna teach the other side. Not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. In a similar passage, Galatians chapter 2, Paul opposes Peter to his face because he was adding legalism to those in the room where they didn't need legalistic stuff. He was starting to move toward, and so there was this tension, and Paul's saying, don't add to the God. I want you to live your life so that you can reach people that don't know Christ, and that might mean going, now don't, don't violate your own conscience. Paul's already taught that clearly. But keep going now, chapter 10, you're like, Sam, that doesn't mean he's saying, chapter 10, verse 27. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the grounds of conscience. He's saying, for you and your own life, if, if you, you, you know you're free, you're not, this is not a sin issue for you, eat whatever is set before you without a, a, a uh, questions regarding conscience but watch verse 28 flip side of the coin he's going to take it back but if someone says to you this has been offered in sacrifice uh oh they're they're saying conscience issue here then do not eat it for the sake of one who informed you and for the sake of conscience wow Paul what are you teaching well Paul is teaching us make up your mind not to trip up your friend but he's, he wants us to do more than not just trip up our friend he wants us to draw our friend to Jesus so I add another blank as you're trying to maybe clarify in your life here, would blank, whatever this is, push my friend away from Jesus. Would blank, push my friend away from Jesus. And I do think that in the history of the church, 
There have been people who know they're free from legalistic stuff that have actually chosen to do legalistic stuff and it's pushed their friends that are just trying to get Jesus away from him. I have a, I know an individual that for seminary was sent a, a form that in order to be part of our seminary, you need to sign this form that you're never going to drink alcohol. And that individual said, hey, out of love for someone that I'm hanging out with a lot right now, you need to know that that person is telling me that I don't know if I want your version of what you're saying Christianity is because you're adding, adding these legalistic rules like you can't even drink in moderation like where's that in the Bible and that person said back to the seminary hey I think for the sake of the gospel and this person doesn't drink much for the sake of the gospel I need to in that environment have a drink what's the point I'm trying to make here Paul is not trying to convince you of your opinion Paul is trying to help you and I get to the point, if someone is judging us based on our action, to ask God, is, is there freedom in conscience in my own life for me right now to say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna make up my mind not to trip up my friend. I don't wanna be a stumbling block between me and my friend fully following after Jesus. So how do I need to change my actions? Maybe I need to stop watching that show when I'm around my friend, because that's gonna trip up my friend. Do y'all see it? Why would we do that? Can I tell you there's really no motivation to do that apart from Christ. The Bible is not primarily a list of do's and don'ts. Praise God, praise God. It's primarily not a list of a don't do this if the law or the temptation or the conviction or the pain or the company, I mean, and, and those, those can be helpful on how do we apply. The Bible is primarily an example of Christ laying down his life for us. And that's what Paul teaches next. So I'm gonna cheat, I'm gonna go into next week's sermon because this will be, apart from Jesus, a non-Christian message. Verse one of chapter 15, Romans. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. You could change our big point today. Make up your mind not to trip up your neighbor. Is there a way that you can draw your neighbor to faith in Jesus? Why would you do that? Why would you do that, verse Three, four, Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Jesus came in and he took the criticism that you and I deserve. Jesus came in and he did not live his life for his pleasure. He lived his life for you and I. That's what love is. And maybe for you, I don't know what it's like. Maybe I've had several conversations since the first hour even about how this applies in marriage, right? For some reason, God puts you with someone that's not exactly like you, right? Now, I mean, Rebecca is exactly like me, right? Y'all should see her face, yeah. And this, but for some, maybe, maybe that's Romans 14, 
Maybe that's something God wants to use in our life, right? What does it look like for you to deny yourself not to trip up your friend? What does it look like for you to say, okay, if someone's judging you for your action, to say, hey, well, is my action actually leading the other people, person, towards sin? I don't know what it looks like today, but I don't think you'll do it apart from remembering what Jesus has done for you. Philippians chapter 2 says our attitude should be the same as Christ. That though he was God, he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself and he made himself nothing for you and I. So I want you to bow your heads real quick. I don't know what this looks like in your life. Uh, where are you feeling judged? Where are you feeling judged? What would it look like for you right now to not just, don't judge me, but to do what Paul teaches, to make up your mind not to trip up your friend? Ask God what that looks like. I'm gonna give you a little time to pray, to wrestle with it. God, when we look at Jesus and what you have done for us and you challenge us to live in love like that, it blows us away. I mean, just to imagine what a body of believers would be like, we would not be looking down on our friends, but we'd be looking up to Christ. And, and if someone looked at something we were doing and, and judged us for it, instead of reacting, uh, that we live like you, that we deny ourselves so that we didn't trip up our friends. God, I pray and I thank you. I thank you for a body of believers that I see living that out, maybe imperfectly, imperfectly at times. We need your help, Holy Spirit. God, I also just pray, I pray for anyone in this room that really is, is battling more, more than just judgment, uh, but in their own life, they're, they're trapped in something that they can't get away from. God, I pray that they would, through Christ today, that they'd be able to run, they'd be able to flee the temptation 
find help and hope in, in Jesus. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.